Hi, welcome to the podcast. I am Joe Posnanski, and with me, Michael Shore. Michael, welcome. Thank you, Joe, and thank you for having me. You doubled up the thank yous there. Yeah, I thought I'd try something new. I like that. I like. Thought that. I tried the the blandest possible <laughs> new thing I could do. <laughs> did you did you weigh some other bland options? I did. I thought about thank you very much, thank you for having me, things like that. But in the end, I went with the most simple bland thing, which was just to repeat the words thank you twice. I like that. I I, I like. I don't like the what you chose, but I like that there was some thought put into it. <laughs> um, so we are we are getting ready to do our draft, and I I got to be honest with you, I I love this week's draft, uh, and I and I love it because. It is the first draft that we have done, I believe, where we actually um, sort of specified what the draft is. That's right. Right? Because most of the time we'll just be like, oh, it's draft fruit. And and that's it. There's no we, – we spend like one second coming up with what the idea for the draft is. And then we're like not even allowed to talk to each other for like four days or whatever, like be in soundproof booths and whatever. But this week we spent like ten seconds and actually came up with the with the spec, uh, very specified draft. And the draft is, and, let, and I'll explain it, and then I want you to explain it as well. Yeah, uh, we are drafting quarterbacks, but but we're not drafting best quarterbacks. We are drafting favorite quarterbacks. Is yeah, that, that's I, right. Yes, the the thinking here is there is nothing in the world more boring than debating who the best quarterback is. Right. It's the most boring, except for possibly debating what the word valuable means in the phrase most valuable player. That might be more boring. That might be. That might be but more boring. a close second, or maybe in first, is debating who the best quarterback is. It's so boring. Nothing makes me flee faster from a, from a sports talk radio station or like a sports center debate or whatever than we're going to debate who the best quarterback is. It's the same thing every single time. Somebody says Peyton Manning. Somebody says Tom Brady. Somebody says, what about Johnny Unitas? Someone else says, you know, oh, no, I think it's Dan Marino, and then everybody yells at him. (laughs) And and, And it's not just the same people and the same arguments. It's always for the same reasons. So somebody will say Peyton Manning, and then somebody else will say, Tom Brady won more Super Bowls. Right. And then somebody will say, you guys are forgetting the old players like John Unitas. Right. And then somebody will say, you know, Dan Marino was the best pure passer. And then they're all right. like, he never won a Super Bowl. Boo. And they throw him, you know, stuff at him. And-, and then someone says, someone will say that Joe Montana was better than Tom Brady because Joe Montana never lost a Super right? Bowl. Right. That's, that's a, that's a big one. The never lost a Super As, Bowl. Which is hilarious because it's like saying, Four gold medals is better than four gold medals and two silver medals, which is such a crazy, crazy concept. But anyway, we're now we're doing it. Now we're, we're not doing well. We're 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 mocking it. It's the different. point is, it's so boring. So instead, we are like, who are who, just favorite quarterbacks? Favorite not quarterbacks. Best. They're not. They're not. These aren't the best quarterbacks. Who are our favorite quarterbacks? And you have the first pick. Now, are you sure I have the first pick? Because I thought I had the first pick last time. Really. Yeah, I think we did that Olympic thing, and I think I had the first pick because I got tug of war. Oh, um, you might be right. Uh, like it, like it matters. Like okay, it matters. I'll, I'll go first. <laughs> I'll go first. My favorite quarterback is Tom Brady, and you know why, Joe? Because he's the best ever. He's the greatest <laughs> quarterback of all time. You know, he lost some Super Bowls. I don't know if you knew that. <laughs> I uh, the story is very well known and very boring, but entering like barely getting drafted. Drafted in the sixth round, 
go, only entering because Mo Lewis hit uh, Drew Bledsoe and almost killed him. Right. And then winning the Super Bowl that first year and then winning three more. Like, that. the thing – I've said this before, but the thing about Brady is – People look at him and they think that his whole life has been this sort of Midas touch, golden, uh, silver spoon, born on third, thought he hit a triple, whatever. His story is actually this crazy underdog <laughs> comeback kid story. Right. Where no one, he didn't even, he couldn't even start in college because people kept, be, like a flashier guy was always there. And to have like stuck it out and become one of the greatest of all time, but also the way in which he did it. And the fact that he played for my favorite team, for me, it's a no-brainer. He's my favorite quarterback. Okay, time. well, here, here's the question. If, if Tom Brady did not play for your favorite team, now let's not – I'm not saying he plays for a team you hate necessarily, uh, but if he played for like – I don't know, who do you who do you not hate? Like, like the Lions or something? Like or the like, Lions. Or the, yeah. Do you hate the Bengals? Are you a Bengal hater? No. All right, no. there you go. So he played for the Cincinnati Bengals and, and obviously led them to some victories and Super Bowls and all that. Uh, would you love Tom Brady? I wouldn't love him as much because he didn't play for my team, but I think the story of him I would love. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, you can't – if you put aside all the nonsense and all the garbage and all the Ugg boot ads and all of the deflate gate nonsense and everything else and just look at the story, it's one of the most remarkable stories in the history of the NFL. Like, there's very few people – you know, Terrell Davis was undrafted, right, and then sure. he won two yeah. Super Bowls. There's guys like that. But a quarterback for a team that had never won a Super Bowl, you know, and and just leading his team to to six Super Bowls, <laughs> six Super Bowls. I mean, that's absurd. Yeah. Like there are many, many, many football teams who, in their entire history, have never played for six championships or even six league titles. Uh, you know, it's. I think I would. I think I would still kind of. I mean, I wouldn't love him nearly as much, but I think I would still love him. Okay. No, it's legit. It's legit. By, by the way, I, uh, Terrell Davis was drafted. I think he was drafted in the sixth, oh, sixth round, I think. But, oh, okay. Uh, but Priest Holmes was not drafted. So oh, Priest other, Holmes. That's maybe yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's yeah. another example. So, uh, yeah, sorry, there are certainly guys who are like, are like, you know, even less likely stories than Brady, but I think the combination of how unlikely a story is with his level of success is probably unparalleled. Yeah, well, I mean, the, the, his level of success, period, is unparalleled, right? So, right. Um, I, I, I don't, I don't love Tom Brady by, by any stretch of the imagination, but there's something I really like about Tom Brady, like a quality that I really like that I think he pulls off better than anybody, and, and you might disagree with me on this. Tom Brady is like the nicest jerk like, in sports. <laughs> and it's like, it's, it, it's, it, cause I don't think there's anything, there's nothing phony about it. I don't think there's anything phony. It's like, I think he is probably a genuinely nice person, but I think he's also a, like, I think he's ruthless on his teammates and he's, and he's, and he's like, He's incredibly probably difficult to deal with when the team is losing and he yeah. would, he'd cut your throat to kill, you know, to win. I mean, no, nobody, you know, he's like Michael Jordan asking in his, in how, what dark places he will go to win games and all that. Yeah. No um, but he's also, I think, and like, I, like, I don't think Michael Jordan is a nice guy, but I think, I think Tom Brady probably is. So like, I like that. I like that there's sort of a split there. Like, I think that. Like, if you were probably hanging out with Tom Brady, I mean, he'd probably be, I mean, I don't know, 
politically or whatever, but you'd probably be like, yeah, that was fun. That guy, that guy's, that, that, that guy's pretty cool. Um, but then if you were playing against him, you'd hate him. Just hate his guy. Oh yeah. 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 So, no question. So I like yeah. that. Yeah. Kevin Falk showed up at the NFL draft where in the middle of that deflategate stuff wearing a Brady jersey. And I feel like that's the essence of that relationship is like those guys, like they do love him. Even if he, he probably barked at Kevin Falk for being a half a yard off of his hot route, you know, in once in the second quarter of a preseason game. And yet, but I think you're right. He's the ultimate guy who like, if he's on your team, you love him. And if he's on the other team, you hate him. And that's usually the mark of a good competitor. I do. I respect that. All right. That's a very good pick. So since we're, we're picking favorite quarterbacks, I have only one choice i mean they're really there are two guys that i that would pick um but but really my one choice and that that is brian sipe um brian sipe was drafted much lower than uh than tom brady he was drafted in the 13th round uh, out of san diego state back when they used to have 13 rounds back more than 13 rounds um brian sipe was my quarterback when i was growing up in cleveland and uh he was absolutely everything that Tom Brady is not literally <laughs> everything like Tom Brady. It, I, I will say this about Tom Brady. You look at him and, and now, and you know, we all know the sort of the situation he had at Michigan and, and fighting for the starting job and this, that, and the other, but you look at Tom Brady now and you see how big he is and you see what an incredible arm he has. You see what like a quick release he has. Uh, and you go, you know, that guy shouldn't have been picked in the sixth round. I mean, it's it's like people didn't see that from him then, and he's unquestionably, uh, you know, worked himself to to become a lot better. But the tools are there to be a fantastic quarterback, and he built those. Brian Sipe was had none of that. Brian Sipe was like six foot nothing, uh, had had like no arm at all, at all. <laughs> He used to play in Cleveland. He would throw, he couldn't throw a spiral. He could not, his balls would wobble in the wind so much. Like if he was going against the wind, there was like a real chance the ball was just going to come back to him. Like that was, that was how bad the ball would wobble in the wind. And he, he couldn't run. He had no, he couldn't move. Um, but he was good. He was like, there was like a three or four year period there, particularly one year, 1980, when he won the MVP. Where he was really, really good, and he was really good because he was one. What I love, there are certain people and certain players that that are like this. And Derek Jeter got a lot of credit for being like this, and I think he did have some of these qualities, but probably not as much as as we in the media made of it. That they just kind of they're playing the game in a way that other people are not. Like other people are thinking about a million different things and what my route is and how I practiced and, and this, that, and the other. And then there are certain people that are just in the moment in the game. They like know how much time is left. They, they understand what is needed here on third down. They, you know, like I remember like you'll, you'll see guys catch the ball with like less than a minute left and not go out of bounds. And you go, what, what are you doing? Like how, yeah. how could you not go out of bounds? And you don't realize they've got 10, trillion things going on in their heads like it's not they're not really playing the game they're they're doing what they practiced and they're doing what they well brian sipe would play the game he was the he was the king of the two-minute drill at that time they used to call the browns the cardiac kids because they came back all the time he is the first guy i ever saw and i'm sure there were others who did it before him but as a kid he's the first guy i ever saw 
when the clock was running and you needed to make a play, he'd run up to the line and he would just say hike and they would just snap the ball to him. Like I remember watching guys and they'd be up at the line and they'd be looking around and, 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 you know, they would lose three, four, five seconds, like calling a play or doing whatever. And I'm like, you're just wasting time. Sipe never did that. Sipe would go to the line and then boom. And he knew exactly how much yardage to gain. He had a great sense and, and feel for the field. Uh, loved that guy. And because he was not big and he had no arm and he couldn't run, he like kind of gave you hope that you could do that. Like he was, he was the closest you could get to being an actual NFL quarterback because his skills really weren't that much better than yours skills. So huge Brian Sipe fan ever since I was a little kid. My all-time favorite quarterback. You know, it shows you how much the game has changed. I'm looking at his stats right now. In 1979, he had he led the league with 28 touchdown passes, which is not a lot right? by modern standards. He also led the league with 26 interceptions. <laughs> I mean, they just – you guys used to have like one and a half to one or – Four to three touchdown to interception ratios, you know, like all the time. So, I mean, I mean, name it through more interceptions than touchdown passes, which yeah. is insane. Look in nineteen eighty. Nineteen eighty is like that year. You look at that year now, and you're like, eh, you know, ninety one rating or whatever, and yeah, uh, thirty. That year was mind blowing. It was like he was only the second guy, third guy in NFL history to throw for four thousand yards at the time. Yeah. It's like it was uh No, that's here. I mean he had completed sixty percent of his sixty one percent of his passes. Which at that time was mind blowing. Huge. Forty one hundred yards, thirty TDs, fourteen picks. Like that year would hold up today. Yeah, I don't think so. That's thing. see, but that's the thing. It wouldn't hold up. It would hold up like yeah, that would be like a like okay. Well, that's like Matt Ryan kind of right, a year right. thing, right? Or like a or like a Teddy Bridgewater, who unfortunately got injured terrible, but, uh, you know, it's like, that's, it's a really good year. Really good year. But th- t- back then, like I said, he was the third guy behind Namath and Dan Fouts to throw for 4,000 yards. He won the league. He was the NFL MVP kind of running away. Um, it was incredible. And he did it all on just kind of guile. And, and he would, you know, he did it in terrible weather in Cleveland. And, uh, I love that guy. God, I love yeah. that guy. And then All right. he was done. He was completely done at that point. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my second pick is easy for me because other than Tom Brady, uh, my easily, easily my favorite quarterback of all time, Warren Moon. Oh, Warren, I love some Warren Moon. Warren Moon, he threw for like 21,000 yards in Canada. He came into the NFL at age 28 and threw for 50,000 more yards. He is rookie year. He was 28. And I remember watching him and thinking that – the it was the best anyone could throw a football. Yeah. Like that that was the thought I had constantly when I watched him is he would drop back and seem to not try very hard and throw like a seventy five yard <laughs> perfect spiral that would just drop into a receiver's hands. And I still think it's the pretty I think I think he threw the prettiest ball of the most impressive ball, let's say of any quarterback I've ever seen. I don't know anyone who could throw the ball farther or more perfectly than Warren Moon. And I, I, I was a semi Oilers fan because my grandparents lived in Houston and I used to watch Oiler games a lot. And there, there was something about seeing a guy throw that well for a team you cared about. That was just incredibly fun. I mean, the Patriots were mostly terrible, except for 85, 86. 
but like watching Warren Moon and then, you know, in the in the early nineties when he really hit his stride and he started just like blowing everybody else's stats out of the water. You know, he threw for forty seven hundred yards two years in a row in ninety and ninety one. And it was like I just I I remember thinking no one will ever be able to throw a football as better better than Warren Moon. And I don't know that anyone has. It's I, I it's a great pick. I I love Warren Moon. I, I actually covered Warren uh toward the end where he was done. He was completely done. In fact, they put him into a game against the Chargers, a game they needed to win, and they kinda trusted that Warren at age forty four, forty three or whatever he was at the time, kinda trusted that hey, maybe you know, maybe the old man can give us and he couldn't. He couldn't yeah. give him anymore. <laughs> um but you you know, your point about throwing a beautiful ball, I, I don't I wonder what it is, because it's true. And I think it's not just the combination of him being able to throw, you know, he had such a great arm. It was so effortless. It yeah. just didn't, it didn't look like he was even throwing. It almost looked like he was just holding his hand up in the air and the ball was just getting yanked out of his, out of his hand by like, you know, a, like a, a rope being attached to a truck or something, you know? I mean, yeah. the ball would just zip right out. Um, and, and he's another one. There, there are certain players like this, and, and maybe we'll get into this later because I'm debating whether to take, uh, one, one of these guys that was like this. He was one of those players that he would throw the ball downfield and you'd think, oh, that's a, that's a nice 18 yard gain. And then they would say, that was good for 32. Like he always <laughs> threw it 10 yards further than you thought he did. You know, even when they were running that crazy run and shoot when they were just dumping the ball a lot, Every time he would throw the ball downfield, it was always just a little bit further than you thought it was. He, he was, that's a great pick. All right. All right. My second pick, I'm going to go, um, with, uh, with to me, the obvious choice, my, the, the most fun quarterback I've ever watched play, uh, and that's Randall Cunningham. Uh, I, I didn't like the Eagles at all. Uh, it's not like I was an Eagles fan in any way. Uh, I still have no particular affinity for the Eagles. Um, but to me, it was impossible, impossible not to love somebody who could like, not just, not just was he a great runner. I mean, he, you know, he was sort of this Usain Bolt like, you know, sprinter where he was super tall and would just kind of move a little bit and he was like running past people, but he had this ability to just totally disappear, just like completely fake people out and embarrass them. And then he had like the strongest arm ever, like ever. He would, he could throw the ball a hundred yards. I mean, that was, so you had this combination and it never quite worked. I mean, he, he eventually had a great year late in his career with Minnesota when he wasn't the same player. He was much more of a pocket passer and all that, but the young wild, you know, the one that, that basically the Eagles just let just, we're not even going to call plays for you. Just do whatever you want. Um, that Randall Cunningham was so much fun to watch. And I will never forget that Monday night football thing where he got hit, uh, right, right, right. I guess it was at his knees or below and basically knocked to the ground. And he somehow like did like a push up or something. And he popped back up to his, to his feet and then threw a touchdown pass. The guy was magical. I, I just loved watching that guy play. Yeah, no, it's the right pick. It was my, he was my next pick. Yeah. Uh, so it was, a, it was, it felt like something new. 
It was it was a new kind of athlete. I remember thinking that about Lavar Arrington when I saw him play linebacker at Penn State. I was like, oh, they invented a new kind of athlete. He's he's like six seven, two hundred and seventy five pounds. Can run can run the forty in like four three. Can jump forty eight inches vertically. Like oh, it's a new kind of. That's interesting. There's a new species, and that's how you felt about Randall Cunningham. It was like oh, no quarterback's ever done this. No one's ever had that strong an arm and that quick, that fast. That elusive, that like it, it was, it, it was so exciting to watch. It's, uh, he was he was my number three pick. Now that he's off the board, I'm gonna make an insane pick. Are you ready for a truly insane pick? I want an insane pick. Uh, my, my third favorite quarterback, even though I kind of hate him, is uh, Vinny Testaverde. <laughs> no, it's not. Stop. No, it Stop. No, I'll, tell you I'll tell you why. Okay. First of all, when I was writing notes to this in my phone. I wrote Vinny Testaverde, and uh, it my uh, iPhone corrected it to Bunny Testarossa, which is just that alone is amazing. But here's why I love him. Even though I hate him, he he played on all teams that I, ha- I truly hate, except for New England. He played one year in New England when he was 43. But he, played, he was drafted by Tampa Bay. He played for the Browns. I don't hate the Browns. But he played for Baltimore. He played for the Jets. He played for Dallas. He played for Jets again. I, I hate all of the teams he played for, but I love – I love his career. His career is insane. He threw, he started at age 24. He played until he was 44. He has more career passing yards than Dan Fouts. No. He has so, he has 46,000 career passing yards and he only threw for 4,000 yards once. And mostly it's like in the one and two thousand. He played for so long. In his first full year as the Buccaneers quarterback, a year they went five, five and ten. This is nineteen eighty-eight. He completed forty-seven percent of his passes for thirty-two hundred yards, thirteen touchdowns, and thirty-five <laughs> interceptions. He was picked off thirty-five times. He, for his career, he's almost perfectly mediocre. His record as a starter is ninety and one hundred and twenty-three. He completed fifty-six percent of his passes. He had two hundred and seventy-five touchdowns and two hundred and sixty-seven interceptions. He was so mediocre for so long, and I just like that he kept just hanging in there, that he just kept finding a team. Tampa Bay, Cleveland, Baltimore, the Jets for six years, Dallas, back to the Jets for a year. He back up to New England for one – in New England when he was 43, his for his entire season, he played in three games. He was two of three passing for 29 yards and a touchdown, and that was enough for Carolina the next year to go like, all right, come on over. And he went two and four for Carolina. He completing fifty four percent of his passes for nine hundred yards. He was perfectly average for his entire career, and his career was twenty years long. And I feel like that there was I got into football probably three or four years before he showed up. And he his career lasted until I had gone through elementary school and high school and college and then worked at Saturday Night Live for seven years and then moved out here and worked on The Office for three years. His career spanned so much of a part of my life that there's I, I, it's a little bit uh, uh, disingenuous for me to say he's one of my favorite quarterbacks, but I just love that Vinny Testaverde exists. That's really what this comes down to. Bunny, I should say Bunny Testarossa. Bunny Testarossa, yeah. I, I, I of course, uh, I, I hate Vinny Testaverde. I don't hate him personally. I have nothing. I don't know him. Uh, but Vinny Testaverde was the, was the, was the impetus to, uh, 
to um, Bernie Kosar getting caught from the Browns. Right. You know, right. he was he was, and to me that that was that's cold hearted. I mean, you know, Bernie Kosar was a it was a Cleveland legend. He, he's he's going to probably be on my list. Uh, love him. Uh, he he was. It's not just that he led Cleveland to three. Uh, AFC championship games and, and, and played very, very well, especially as a young player. But he came, he, he like, he like manipulated the system to play for Cleveland. I mean, that's, yeah. that's so cool. And, you know, and, and yes, he was done and it wasn't like, it wasn't like Belichick was technically wrong about Vinny, I mean, about, uh, about, uh, Bernie not being, you know, a, a, a really a winning quarterback anymore. But not for Vinny Testaverde. I mean, come on. That's- <laughs> yeah, but why should why you shouldn't complain? In the three years he was in Cleveland, Bunny Testarossa was a, was sixteen and fifteen as a starter. So there you go. He's over five hundred. You know, in one of those years, uh, the year they actually went to the playoffs, that Browns defense, one of the most underrated parts, and something that people never talk about when they talk about Belichick, uh, in the middle year uh, for ninety four, yeah, ninety four. That's one of the great defenses of the like the last forty years statistically. Yeah. I mean, it's it's insane, and he did it with a bunch of ex Giants, and you know it's incredible. And Testaverde, they won games because even Testaverde couldn't screw it up badly enough to lose games with that defense. Um, <laughs> you know, here, here's the thing I never got about Testaverde. He was he was physically obviously a marvel. He was the first pick overall in the draft. He was a you know a, a Heisman winner, I believe. Uh, certainly a superstar at, at Miami. Um, great arm, could run, could move. Why? Why? Why was he not a good quarterback? Like what? Like what happened? I don't know, but he played for a hundred years. <laughs> he did play for a hundred years. He did. All right, that's that's a uh, it's not a great pick, but you you can have him. Um, I'm that, gonna go. That, that Browns defense, by the way, the '94 Browns defense gave up uh, fewer than 13 points a game. It's insane. I'm telling you, that defense it it never gets talked about, especially because the next year was the year that they the Browns you know left. I mean, fell apart. Yeah. Uh, but but that Browns defense in '94. It's like the, the the 91 Eagles, I believe it's the 90 or 91 Eagles defense, the 94 Browns defense. Uh, those defenses were like statistically as good as like the 85 Bears. I mean, they were they were yeah. incredible, incredible defenses. And Belichick, that's really the Belichick genius. I mean, to 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 do that in Cleveland with a with really a bunch of kind of throwaways for the most part. Um, that was pretty impressive. Pretty who was impressive. the uh, who was the defensive coordinator on that team? Do you remember? I don't remember. Who was the defensive coordinator? Nick Saban. Oh, that's right. I yeah. do remember that. Belichick was the head coach, and Nick Saban was the defensive coordinator. And Jim Schwartz, I'm reading here, was their uh, college, was their head uh, college scout. It's kind of interesting. It's a yeah, pretty Bel- good Bel- tree. Belichick, yeah, Belichick seemed to seem to have a pretty good ability to to find talent. <laughs> All right, my third pick. I better start. We better start rolling here a little bit. Yeah. My third pick is Jim Zorn. Uh, oh, man. <laughs> I knew you were gonna love Jim. Who doesn't love Jim Zorn? So Jim Zorn, Jim Zorn. Jim Zorn is so awesome. I, I, I never in a million years thought there was a way you were gonna choose Jim Zorn. Oh, Jim Zorn's awesome. I love Jim Zorn. Jim Zorn is great on about twenty nine different levels. But my favorite thing is I have memories of Jim Zorn, left handed, running around like crazy, looking for people. Um, 
throwing the ball downfield and, 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 and hitting Largent or whoever and, and having all this success in Seattle. And then I go back and look at his numbers. He was terrible. Yeah, it was, was not good. He was not a good quarterback. <laughs> and I, all I remember is Jim Zorn. I just remember being so in awe of Jim Zorn. Uh, but not only that, I mean, like the things I remember him being like, oh man, you couldn't sack that guy. Nah, he, he got sacked more than any quarterback in the NFL in 78. And then I'm like, oh, you know, he was, he was great at, at, uh, touchdown passes. Like he never, like only once or twice in his entire career did he, did he even throw like more touchdowns than interceptions. I mean, he wasn't very good, but he was incredibly fun to watch. And that was, that was a cool time. That was when Seattle was like, Hey, we don't have anything else. We don't have any other sports. Uh, they obviously have the supersonics, but we don't really, you know, this is so cool. And that was the only time I don't think the wave is ever acceptable, but if it ever would be acceptable, it would have been Seattle in the late seventies because they kind of invented it and it was in that kingdom and it was loud and it was cool. And Zorn was running around like a maniac. Uh, love myself some Jim Zorn. Yeah, it's a great choice. Zorn to Largent was really fun. Fun. Uh, and, and the fact he was left-handed, the fact that he was a scrambler, like, I, I, I he was gonna be my next pick. You've stolen two of my picks now. It's really annoying. Uh, also just probably, except for Joe Montana, the coolest, uh, name of any quarterback. Right? Jim Zorn is a very Jim cool Zorn name. Jim Zorn is such yeah. a cool name. It's so cool. That's a great point. Um, yeah, that was, that's really mostly why I was going to choose. Um, all right. For four, I, I'll, I'll, I'll go sentimental and I'll go, uh, Steve Grogan. Yeah, I thought you, at some point yeah. you had to take Grogan. Yeah, Grogan was my guy when I was a young, uh, upstart uh, Patriots fan. Exactly one good thing happened in the Super Bowl against the Bears, which is that, uh, they only scored one touchdown. It was a pass from Steve Grogan in the fourth quarter. The, the Patriots are down 44-3 in the fourth quarter. The Bears kind of taking pity on them, probably just already partying on the sidelines, let them kind of go down the field. And Grogan threw a touchdown pass to Irving Fryer. And uh, and the fact that Steve Grogan and not Tony Easton got that touchdown pass made me very happy. Yeah. The funniest thing about that Super Bowl is that immediately after that, Grogan was tackled in the end zone for, for safety, on their, I think, on their next possession. So it was like it was the perfect like end of the Steve Grogan era. Uh, that, that, that happened, that those two things happened. But he was my guy. He was so old and creaky by the time they got to that Super Bowl. Um, it was a miracle he was standing upright. Um, but he, uh, he was just like, he's my childhood quarterback, right? It was like, he was, he's the, the guy who like was the, on the football card the first time I cared about the New England Patriots. And, and he was good in his day. He had some good years. He led the league in touchdown passes one year. Uh, he, you know, he wasn't really truly any good, but he, but, uh, but he's my guy. He's a old Steve Grogan. I, I love Steve Grogan. I, I think that's actually a great, great pick. And, and by the way, you, you mentioned it and I assume I'll just take this assumption because this is how I felt. I, without any particular attachment to the Patriots other than loving their, their helmets, um, yeah. not a Tony Eason guy. See, I always, I, uh, Tony Eason kind of ticked me off. That yeah. he was taking the job away from Steve Grogan. I, I didn't like that. Yeah, I never really, I mean, people, I loved uh, Tony Eason because he was the main quarterback right. in 85. And so like, I, I still loved him. I thought I was happy that he was the quarterback of the team, but I never, I had no emotional connection to Tony Eason. And I wasn't sad. He left in 88 or 89, maybe. I can't remember. And 
went to the Jets, which should have infuriated me, but at the time I didn't care. Like, I was like, <laughs> I just had an argument. I would say Jess. This probably was a year ago. But I had an argument with a Patriots fan, a, a good friend of mine who lives in Boston, uh, who is of my age. And I was – the argument was, and it was sort of a reverse of what you would expect. I was saying I loved Grogan because I, I did. Grogan was like – I liked all those guys, Burt Jones and Grogan. And I just – I was a fan of that sort of quarterback era. And I was saying, oh, man, Steve Grogan had a great arm. And he was like, what are you, out of your mind? That guy couldn't throw at all. Like he, like we had like a real like just difference of opinion. Like he's like you're confusing him with Dan Pastorini. That guy had a great arm, but Steve Grogan, he had like nothing. He was like a total rag arm. And I'm like, that's not true. So, of your memory, do you not remember Steve Grogan having a really good arm? I I do, but I would not rely on my <laughs> memory of being like eight and watching Steve Grogan play football. <laughs> But I, yeah, I remember. I remember him thinking he had a good arm. But again, I, that's not a reliable. I'm an unreliable narrator. All right. Well, I'm sure. I'm sure our listeners will will let me know whether I'm wrong. But I I I remember Steve Grogan having a really good arm. That's that's how I remember it. All right. Well, since you went with your your guy at the fourth pick, I'm going to go with my guy, and I've already explained why. I'm going to go with Bernie Kosar. Uh, largely, I mean, obviously, he gave me. You know, and it was sort of toward the end of, I, I don't know that I could call myself childhood anymore because I was sort of 17, uh, 18, so I was in college already. Uh, but he gave me the only sort of happy moments of, of my sporting Cleveland, you know, youth, uh, other than the one Brian Sipier. Uh, he took the Browns to three AFC championship games, two of them obviously heartbreaking, one not heartbreaking, they just weren't good enough. Um, but really, really a fantastic quarterback in the in the early days. Totally perfect Cleveland guy. Gawky, couldn't run at all. Really weird looking how he threw. Uh, but he was he was by far the most accurate passer in the NFL. They used to do that skills competition, and he could throw the ball through the tire like seventy nine times in a row or whatever. <laughs> um, uh, Loved him, loved the fact that he wanted to play for Cleveland, loved the fact that he, that he, he, he took that on his shoulders, uh, absolutely brought the Browns to within the brink of two, two wins. One, you know, obviously lost on the drive where the defense, uh, didn't stop him. And then the other one where he brought, he and, and Ernest Biner brought the team all the way back until the fumble. Um, terrific player, hated how it ended for him in Cleveland, hated sort of how it's gone for him. Uh, since his career has ended, he's kind of had sort of a rough time and, and not, not always been, uh, not always been on the uh, forefront there. Um, but I loved him as, as a, as a quarterback in the young days and, and still, uh, have very, very fond memories of Bernie Kosar. All right. Yeah. I think that's, that's, he's the exact equivalent of Steve Grogan. I think so. I think yeah. he did not have a good arm. So unlike, uh, unlike Grogan, I don't have to argue about that one. <laughs> Um, I don't really, uh, I found it actually weirdly hard to find my favorite quarterbacks. I feel like it, it turns out I haven't loved that many quarterbacks. Wow. And you, you, you stole Jim Zorn and Randall Cunningham <laughs> from me. Uh, so I, I'm going to make another vi- uh, Bunny Testarossa type pick. Um, and this is not one of my favorite quarterbacks. I just, I, I don't, I didn't, well, whatever. I don't need to preamble it. I'm picking Jeff George. <laughs> wow. Now here's why. I don't really like Jeff George. I never liked Jeff George. I thought Jeff George was – I didn't have an opinion one way or the other. But here's what I like about Jeff George. 
first of all, world-class mullet mustache combination. <laughs> one of the greatest of all time. I mean, the one of the one of the worst quaffed humans ever to live, and certainly in the NFL. Sure. The other thing I love about Jeff George, besides, by the way, that he had a cannon for an arm. Cannon, and absolute he had, cannon. He, he had a Warren Moon type throw. Um, and it was very, very fun to watch. But the thing about Jeff George is his entire career was about one thing and one thing only, and that thing was potential. <laughs> That's all that his career was about. When he was in college, he, well, first of all, he seems like, I don't know him. He seems like maybe he's kind of a jerk. Yeah, I, I, I suspect that. He went to Purdue. Then, uh, then he was like, I'm, I'm getting out of here because I, uh, I want to go to a different school. And he went to, he transferred to Illinois. Then, uh, oh wait, first he wanted to go to Miami, and Jimmy Johnson was at Miami, and Jimmy, and he was like, you have to guarantee I'm the starter, and Jimmy Johnson was like, no, I'm not gonna do that, and he was like, alright, so I'm gonna go to Illinois. He ended his college career, here are his stats in college career. He had 6,200 yards passing, 35 touchdowns, 35 interceptions. He was the number one overall draft choice, cause everyone was like, look at his arm. This, he's the exact opposite of like a money ball yeah. situation. It was like, he's 6'4", He's got a cannon for an arm. I don't care that he threw as many interceptions as touchdowns. We're drafting him anyway. So he, he gets drafted by Indianapolis. He proceeds to be terrible in Indianapolis. He's not good at all. He, uh, he, he was hurt a little bit and he, he, but he, you know, he didn't complete, he completed about 58% of his passes. He never threw for more than 2,500 yards. Uh, he threw a ton of picks. He just was never, uh, he was sacked 56 times in 1991. So granted, the, the team had issues, right? But after four years of kind of stinking in Indianapolis, they trade him to Atlanta. They trade him for the first round pick in 94, the third round pick in 94, and the 96 first round pick. Those picks <laughs> turn into Bryant Young and Marvin Harrison. And then a guy named James Bostick who didn't pan out. But Bryant Young and Marvin Harrison. Wow. That's who they got for Jeff George. So Jeff George goes to Atlanta. And his yardage increases, certainly. He throws for 3,700 yards, then 4,100 yards. He, he was still sacked a ton because he wasn't very mobile. But his teams go 7 and 9 and 9 and 7, and then he goes 0 and 3 and gets hurt in his last year. And so they, they trade him to Oakland. So in Oakland, he throws for 4,000 yards in Oakland, gets sacked 58 times, which again <laughs> leaves the league. His team goes 4 and 12. And then they, he plays for one more year. He starts seven games. Then he gets traded to Minnesota. He goes 8 and 2 in Minnesota. So not bad. Now we're now we're cooking, and he's out of the league two years later. And the reason he's out of the league is because he was never that good. He just wasn't that good. But because he was such a monster and had such a strong arm, he just kept getting these. I mean, they the Colts drafted him first overall and flipped him four years later for basically for Bryant Young and Marvin Harrison. That's amazing. Even though he hadn't actually been any good, that's just incredible. He he's a, he's a very interesting. I don't again. I don't really like him. But it's a very interesting piece of history in the NFL that that was maybe the last time that people were just like, well, look, he's big and strong. I don't care if he stinks. We're going to draft him first overall anyway. If you drafted a guy first overall now who had the same number of interceptions as touchdowns in college, you'd be fired. <laughs> right? Am I, I don't wrong? know. I don't know. It, it, to me, I, I don't know that that's changed that much. I, I was looking at the, the first two quarterbacks taken this year, and no, nobody really – kind of is convinced those guys are going to be good. I mean, it's just like there's – they're just the best available. I, I, but, but your point about Jeff George is right. I will make the – I will make the the strong case that of your five favorite quarterbacks, uh, 
you have Jeff George and Vinny Testaverde on your yeah, it's, who it's I don't like at all. horrifying. It's horrifying. <laughs> Seriously, you'll look back on this and just go, I can't, I can't believe I did that. Actually, look, I'm fully <laughs> admitting that I don't actually like them. Yeah, and I know the draft is favorite quarterbacks. I don't like either of those guys. But at the same time, like I was going to choose Dan Marino because I really did like watching Dan Marino. Sure, sure. Dan Marino is so fun to watch. But I hated Dan Marino. Yeah, he played yeah, for a division rival. I can't, like, I actively hated him. Yeah, and now with some distance, I can say, oh, it was fun to watch Dan Marino. But also, I don't, I'm not going to choose Joe Montana. That's boring. I thought about choosing Steve Young, but I hated those NFC teams that won all the Super Bowls in a row. I'm not going to pick Troy Aikman. He's a nightmare. That You can't pick a cowboy. You can't pick, I mean, honestly, like, you, it's very hard, it was very hard for me to find five quarterbacks that I truly loved. Wow. That's it. Yeah. That's it. I will say this about Jeff George. Jeff George, here was the thing I really did like about him, and there was very little I liked about him. Um, he never let you down. Like, he would always do some, even when he was good, like, like he would have like weeks where you're like, wow, he's good. Like, you know, look at that. It's all come together. I mean, that Oakland, when he was in Oakland in 97, I guess, Threw 29 touchdowns and nine interceptions. I mean, it was like he was pretty good. But I remember that year, uh, pretty sure it's that year. It could have been the next year, but I think it was 97. They're playing the Chiefs, and the game is fairly close. And he drops back to throw, and, like, he's getting sad. Derek Thomas or somebody is, like, kind of getting ready to wrap him up. And he literally just throws the ball over his head for no reason. Like, wow, like, here we go. And the, the Chiefs just pick it up and for a touchdown, we're all just sitting there watching going, that, that is what, that's Jeff George, that right there. Yeah. It's, it's like, it doesn't matter if you can throw, and he did, he had as, as much talent as far as if you throw, talk about pure throwing of the football. As much talent as anybody who's ever played the game. Yeah. But if you if you get sacked and throw the ball over your head, even once, that pretty much suggests you're not a very good quarterback. And then they traded him for Bryant Young and Marvin Harrison. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That's what's interesting about Jeff George to me. It's like he he just he kept he kept being thought of as a guy who was amazing, and yet he was never actually I, I, good. I did write this at the time. <laughs> I did write this at one point that Jeff George is is the frog from that cartoon, the one that can sing, that the guy finds in the box, the one that yeah. can sing and dance. And then every time he tries to put him in front of an audience, he he like just ribbit, you know, he just falls down. <laughs> like that was Jeff George. Like Jeff George is like in practice, you're going, this guy's the greatest quarterback I've ever seen. And then he would play, and you're like, what was that? Like what yeah. happened? And by the way, he did play for some terrible, terrible teams. Oh yeah, no but, question. But no question. Yeah. but he wasn't getting sacked fifty eight and fifty six times just because his line was that bad. I mean that's that's a that's a guy who did not exactly feel the rush. Let's just put it that way. All right. Well, that was just a dreadful pick. So oh, terrible, truly terrible. But you won as soon as you chose uh, Randall Cunningham, you won the draft. I won the draft. Yeah. Cuz outside of guy who played for your team, the answer is Randall Cunningham. Well, he's I, so good. I hung in there with Warren Moon Warren for a Moon's while. Warren a good pick. Warren Moon was a very good pick. And I like Steve I think Steve Grogan is like a, even a legit pick for like a non-Patriots fan cuz he's he was, yeah. he was cool. Bernie's not. Um but but I think that Steve Grogan is. All right, well, let me make my fifth pick. Um I was going to go I, I kind of had to do what you did. I mean, I loved Roger Staubach. 
Uh, loved watching him play. He was the ultimate example of the, he would throw the ball downfield and you're like, oh, they gained 20 yards and they actually gained 48 yards, you know. Yeah. Um, but I can't pick a cowboy. I just can't. No. I can't do it. So I'm not going to do it. I'm telling you what I'm going to do and you're not going to like this, but I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to pick Aaron Rodgers. Um, because man. man, I love watching that guy play. Man, I, I mean, hey, all credit to Tom Brady and how awesome he is. All credit to Peyton Manning, how awesome he is. I, I think the perfect quarterback might just be Aaron Rodgers. I, I don't, I don't see how you can be better at being a quarterback than him. I mean, he just yeah. does everything and he's got that, he's got that like ridiculous, like, I don't even know exactly what you'd call it. I mean, cause he's got like a really, really quick release, obviously, but he's got like that weird, like his whole body, like does like a little, like a little, like a little wave or something. And then the ball's just gone. Like he doesn't, it's not like a full throwing motion. Like you see with Brady or whatever, like he does like this thing where he's like, both of his feet are together. And then he just like, kind of does like a, like a, I don't even know what you would describe it, but like his whole body kind of moves and then the ball's gone like 20 yards downfield and into somebody else's hands. And it's like a magic trick. It's just incredible. And last year, I think it was last year was when he threw, wasn't last year that he threw, he's thrown like several of them now, but I think it was last year that he threw the most ridiculous Hail Mary that's ever been thrown. Like he, like yeah. he threw it like seven miles in the air just to give his guy like a perfect amount of time to get under it. And it was like insane. It was like, it was, it was, it was the closest I've ever seen to a Hail Mary not being a Hail Mary. It was like a designed play. Like it was yeah. like, I, I'm going to throw it really, really high. And then you're just going to jump over the other guy and catch it. Um, the guy's, I, I, I don't like the Packers. I mean, I'm, I'm, look, I grew up in Cleveland. I'm not a Packers guy. Um, but I love watching that guy play. I, I'm giving it. And he is legitimately hilarious. That's the other thing about him. Those commercials <laughs> are funny. I think they're not all of them, but, for the most part, those commercials are like legitimately funny. He's funny when he does interviews. Uh, I have found him to be funny. So my I'll say guy. this: I, I think there's one legitimate reason to to choose Aaron Rodgers. Okay, and that reason is Aaron Rodgers is way better than Brett Favre, <laughs> and he is just he straight is, up. He's he a better. way better quarterback than yeah. Brett Favre. If Brett Favre made hundreds. Of terrible decisions <laughs> that Aaron Rodgers would never make. Never make. Never. Somehow, Brett Favre lives on as like the paragon of quarterbackdom, especially in Green Bay, Wisconsin. It's like if it's literally like if um, people still in New England still were like Tony Easton is the greatest quarterback <laughs> of all time, and you're like, well, yeah, but Tom Brady he's here now, and they're like, yeah, but he's no Easton. Like the fact that people still. Think that Brett Favre, I mean, Brett Favre ruined seasons with bad decisions at the end of games. Like, he ruined playoff runs. He ruined games. He ruined everything. And it was just, well, there goes the gambler. You know, that's the thing. He's a riverboat gambler. It's like Aaron Rodgers is a better quarterback with a better arm who makes better decisions and has better statistics and won a Super Bowl. It took Brett Favre, like, way, he won one Super Bowl with those incredible defenses. Yeah. He won one Super Bowl, and then Aaron Rodgers calmly just waits his turn, <laughs> calmly strides in in whatever it was, his second year. He just wins another Super Bowl because he's better. 
And I, I just as a person, like from afar, I want Green Bay to forget about Brett Favre because not forget about him, but just say like, oh, Aaron Rodgers is better. He's yeah. just a better quarterback. He's better, yeah. Brett Favre, you can enjoy Brett Favre. He's fine. Uh, he goes in the pantheon there with Bart Starr and Lynn Dickey, whoever else you want, you know, for the Packers. Yeah. But, but, uh, yeah, Aaron Rodgers is, is, is a part. If we were doing a least favorite quarterbacks, top five, would, would Brett Favre be on your list? Uh, he might be, yeah. I mean, I, I've got a lot. <laughs> got a lot. I've got a lot of, like, least, fi- I mean, so I, maybe we should we do that? Like, we should do a bonus draft next week. Well, or whenever we make the next one of these things. Let's do a bonus draft really quick. We won't even get into it. We'll just do worst, least, least favorite quarterbacks. Okay. Go ahead. All right. Go ahead. You get the first pick. <laughs> oh, you mean right now? <laughs> we'll do oh. it next week. We can just do it as like a, like a little lead in. Cause we, we got to study. Got to study for it. Yeah. I got to uh, think, but I got to, I got to order them too. I mean, yeah, that's true. I, I got to order them and I got to like, I got to figure out whether Flacco's elite. That's the first thing I. <laughs> The first thing I need to do is figure out whether Joe Flacco is an elite quarterback. Do, do we need to get our good friend Kevin Van Falkenberg, the literal number one Joe, Joe Flacco, Flacco defender? Fan. Yeah. Do we need to have him on on call? I mean, do we one need- of the greatest things I've ever seen in my life was in the Patriots uh, Ravens game when Flacco started out so hot and put them up fourteen right away. Kevin was tweeting up a storm about <laughs> like calling out all the people who say that Flacco in the playoffs is a myth. And then just over the course of the game, just kind of went silent. <laughs> like, wah, wah, wah. You know, I mean, it really was one of those. It took every ounce of, like, of like decency in my body not to just <laughs> troll him relentlessly for, like, the next seven weeks. All right. Well, we're going to do this next week, so uh, Kevin will definitely tune in. Uh, Joe Flacco will be on the list. Um, yeah. He's on the list. I mean, he's he's definitely top five for me. So he's definitely Kevin. top five. He might be number one. So, Kevin, Kevin, beware. So... Awesome. Well, this was great. Thank you so much. Thank you, sir. Thank you for having me.